0: Oh, mas oh,
1: through this storm yes,
0: Jesus,
1: yes. you know God didn't get rid of the Red Sea He parted it
0: God didn't get rid
1: of all the enemies in Canaan He gave them victory over
0: them
1: if you're going through a storm right now I believe the Holy Spirit is using this time to just simply draw you And say, I've got the answer to your story. So if that's you...
2: here know that when you get old, you can't do the things you used to do. Amen? Amen.
0: Well, some of you
2: all don't know, but I played softball after high school for 25 years. I played carpet for 25 years. And with that being said, we had a little lock-in here on Friday night, and my wife thought it'd be a good idea if we played kickball. And, uh, As we were playing kickball, I was running towards first base, and the ball got real close. And out of instinct, what did I do? I dived head first to first base. (laughs) And jumped right up, you know. And when I I told Pastor this yesterday, I said, I used to be about 400 pounds, and if someone dropped the ball in the outfield, I would get on second base. And I trained myself to dive and then jump up. That's basically what I did on Friday night, but about 30 minutes later, I was going Oh Lord, why do I do that? You know, but that's a miracle right there because God is with us everywhere we are, no matter what we're doing. Well, you know, the thing that the thing that I want to make the point here is if we want our children, our grandchildren, all that to act like God, we need that by God. Amen? That's right. We need to set an example for all of us, right? Amen. And that's what I try to do. I try to set an example everywhere I go with it. I'm telling you what, I came up this morning because um, my own knees are hurting, my back's hurting, my legs are hurting. You know, but would I change anything? Would I not do it? No, I'd probably still do it just because of all the times I slid in the base. You know, but that's, I think that's what we need to do for even God. We need to dive into God's Word. We need to dive yes. into our, our testimonies. We need, yes. to, we need to dive in our communities. Amen. Amen? And with that being said, I just want you guys to know there's nothing that's going to happen in this house that you're going to be judged for. Okay? Amen. If you got something going on in your life, you come and ask for prayer because we're not going to go tell the whole world. That's okay? right. That's, that's right. between you and me, a pastor and you and God. There's nobody else. That's right. Right? Amen. And that's what we're here for. We're here to, we're here to love each other. We're here to, to be God-like to each other. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Praise God. Praise God. Well we're gonna do one more thing. Where, what was the name of the church in Granby? Miracle Miracle Church in Granby. And it's flooded. Yeah, they they they, they, they got the, the lower level and the upper level, they have to they have to be all the parking and lanoy and everything else because they had about a uh, foot and a half of two little water in the church. Wow. Well let's take a minute. Let's pray for that church yes. in Granby. Amen. Oh Lord. Father, we know that, Lord, these things don't surprise you, and Lord, we just we just lift, even if we don't really know them that well. Some here know them, but Lord, we lift that church. And yes, Father. Me to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray you work what Satan meant for evil, you turn to good. And Lord, I don't know exactly how it's going to work. I don't know exactly what's going to take place. But Lord, I do believe that you'll turn this thing for your glory and for your praise. And Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for blessing that congregation for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are there. And Father, we just just ask that you, We'll do something through this that's going to be a praise and a glory. And I thank you for it. Father, I thank you for what you've done in this service already today. Lord, I thank you for your anointing that's in this place. And oh, precious Holy Spirit, continue to work through us, Lord. Continue to work through us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, praise team. Thank y'all to give the Lord a hand for our praise team. They do good, and it's growing. There's some, some of you sitting out there don't know it yet. And uh, it's good to see some sort of new faces and some that we haven't seen in a little while. Amen. Uh, don't want to embarrass you, but Lance, it is absolutely awesome to see you here this Amen. morning. And uh, we're, we prayed for Lance, and yes. if you want to know the story, ask him or ask his daughter. You know, but we're, we're just excited what God's doing in your life and has been doing He's he's been a Christian for a while, but God's God's working. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Glory. Glory, glory. Man, I've got a seminar. Y'all been up? You've been down? I I love worship when God is in it.
0: Amen. And when the presence
1: of God is there. Glory. And... uh, You've been up and down, so you're all ready to sit through a two-hour message, I know. <laughs> Couldn't preach, but you, you watch me, yeah, I could too.
0: Yeah.
1: I won't. <laughs> I've been trying to shorten this. Jesus saying, what were you doing in there in your notes again? I said, I'm trying to shorten it. Let me read this to you. Old Testament, 1 Chronicles 1232, and the children, or some translations say sons of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were two hundred, and all their brethren were at their commandment. First Thessalonians, New Testament, fifth chapter. Verses 1 through 11, and this, this will be quick. But of the times and of the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Now that's King James. Times and seasons. Now let me read a little bit to you out of the New Living Translation, Good News Bible. Now concerning how and when all this will happen to your brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write to you. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. Hmm. For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us live in the light, be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love and wearing as the helmet the confidence of our salvation. (coughs) For God chose to save us through the Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other, build each other up, just as you're already doing. Hold your Bible up. E-version or tree version? Say it out loud with me. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. It's God's holy word. It's
0: God's
1: holy word. I am what it says I am. I am what it says I, am. I can have what it says I can have. I can have
0: what it
1: says I can have. So I boldly confess. So I boldly
0: confess.
1: My mind is renewed. My mind is renewed. My body is healed.
0: My body
1: is healed. I'm saved by God's grace. I'm
0: saved by God's and grace.
1: And live by His Spirit.
0: And live by His Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, glory to God.
1: Say amen if you think we need to understand the times we're living in. Amen. Glory. We need to understand the times we're living in. You know, I, I actually looked up, and I, that was some what I cut out. I, I had about four or five commentaries that I had looked up there in, in First Chronicles twelve thirty two. What in the world does all that have to do? What does it mean? when it says the sons of Issachar were men that had understanding of the times. Let me let me read to you from just one commentary. I'm quoting. They understood public affairs, the temper of the nation, the tendencies of present events, and they showed their wisdom at the time. For as they adhered to Saul... While he lived, knowing that the time was not yet come for David to take possession of the kingdom, and as they would not join David when Abner lived and had the command of the other tribes where they were surrounded by, as soon as he, and they're talking about Saul, was dead, they had opportunity to declare themselves and they owned or claimed David as their king. They understood public affairs, the temper of the nation, the tendencies of the present events. Now, I'm not going to go back into Matthew chapter 24 because we would be here two hours if we did that. But one of the things that I started this series really with was that there's three major things Jesus lists in Matthew chapter 24. That are signs of the times that we're in. Turn somebody and say, There's signs of the times. What are those three things? Deception. I've spent two Sundays preaching on deception. And if you want to listen to them again, how many of you know we got a new website? There is an, an area there for you to go to audio sermons. And you can listen to the whole thing. And it's not like when we tried to do some of our Facebook Live and the audio, you couldn't even hear it. It's nice and clear. So, But there's three things. Deception, destruction, and defection, which means simply a turning away. Now, I've dealt with, again, the deception. And we're going to look this morning at destruction. How many of you know the devil wants to destroy you? There's nothing Satan wants to do that's good. One, There's two of you got that. There's nothing Satan ever does, will do, wants to do that will ever be good for you. Back in 1992, God gave me a message that I titled, The New World Order. What is the new world order? It's a final one world government that will be set up with a world dictator the Bible calls the Antichrist. God shows us in these end times, Satan will work to destroy. Remember, we're talking about destruction. At least four things. Number one, the destruction of our current economic system. This all came out of this message in 1992. The second thing is the destruction of nationalism, patriotism. The third thing is the destruction of evangelical faith. The fourth thing is the destruction of the traditional family. Church, I want you to understand something. You cannot have a new or a different world order until the old order is destroyed. Satan has to in some way remove things Or God has to allow things that would hinder to be removed out of the way for the fulfillment of all of this to come to pass. Let's talk about the first one just a little bit. The destruction of the current economic system. I'm not going to say everything I could say about this. But, you know, our current economic problems are not just because a whole lot of us spend too much money or or because we don't know what we're doing. Hmm. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Our economic problems are because there is an unseen government that Dwight D. Eisenhower called the Eastern Establishment. Today we call it the Deep State. Let me give you just a few things that some of you probably don't know. Several years ago, the U.S. government deliberately went off of the gold standard and the dollar has continued to decline in value. The U.S. has poured billions with a B of dollars into communist and third world nations that do not have the ability and they certainly don't have the desire to repay that. One good example of that is not that long ago, in January 17th of 2016, the Obama administration, and I'm not beating up on them, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but just because who was in there, the Obama administration negotiated privately with Tehran, this is Iran, and settled with them to give them $1.7 billion in American money. 400 million literal cash was stacked on pallets and flown in in the middle of the night. Hmm. Now, why can't Congress control the money in the economy? Because Congress isn't in control. The International Monetary Fund, the Council on Foreign Relations, and the Federal Reserve actually control our economy, they control our money. And you need to understand something, the Federal Reserve is not federal. It's a privately owned bank, controlled by mostly European... I lost my notes. Rockefellers, Rothschilds, others that are involved with it, In other words, we got somebody else in control of our economy, not us. Thomas Jefferson, one of our founding fathers said this, and I quote, a private central bank issuing public currency is of greater menace to America than an invading army. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got money problems. One example of that is the social security. It's become the greatest Ponzi scheme that's ever been used They, a long time ago, used up that money. And if you don't know what a Ponzi scheme is, it's where you're pulling in money from people for something that really doesn't exist. And as long as you've got enough suckers still paying in money, you're able to pay the ones that make it look like it's still viable and it's still working. Uh, For a little while, it's working. But it's not going to work that much more. We have got a national debt right now church of somewhere in the trillions of dollars i think the last number i heard and that was really a number of years ago and before the present administration was 17 trillion that's with a t and you can't even fathom that kind of money and neither can i So how in the world do we ever look at it and go, what in the world does it mean? When you look at the United States and you look at the way Congress and this administration is spending and wanting to spend, it's kind of like if it was you or me. And let's say we've got about $100,000 in debt. Just let that sink in for a minute. You now owe $100,000. Well, what in the world am I going to do? Well, you go and you apply and open up 10 more credit cards so you can max them out. Now, somewhere, most of us at least kind of get the idea, you know what, somewhere down the road, this thing's going to crash because I'm not going to even be able to pay the interest monthly on all this stuff that's going, and it's just all going to fall apart at some point. That's the destruction of the monetary system. But y'all, let me tell you something. Money is a false god. You can't serve God and mammon. That's right. And you say, well, why would God let our money fail? Because we worship money. There's been way too many people that... And I'm sorry, I'm not saying that... Not, you know, there's different times that certain ones have to work Sundays and things like that. But if we totally allow the God of money to be what rules and regulates everything we do in our life... We're we're messing up somewhere, it's true. It's true. but even if the U.S. economy is on the verge of having things just go down the tubes, total inflation or hyperinflation, can I just put you something? Y'all, heaven's not, you God's not up in heaven wringing his hands and going, "Man, I didn't see this coming. Where am I going to invest next?" <laughs> That's going to hit somebody on the way home. If we put our trust in the Lord Jesus instead of in money, we're going to make it. Somebody say amen. amen. The second thing I talked about that has to happen is the destruction of nationalism and patriotism. And I'm not going to go through everything I could go through, there's a lot that I could say, but we had the Korean War, and for the first time in our history as a nation, we went to war with no object of actually defeating the one we were at war with. General MacArthur, who was a World War II general and a hero that helped us destroy Nazism, said there's no substitute for victory. Then you had things like Vietnam, where you've got a little tiny country, of course backed by other big countries, And we couldn't even defeat Vietnam. You go to Vietnam today, and they'll take you to museums and stuff, and and they'll brag about how they defeated the big United States. It was a controlled war. We couldn't actually go in and actually win that battle. Now, instead of really getting into all of that about the pros and cons and all that sort of thing, just understand this. America was made to look like a loser. It was politicians that caused that, not the soldiers. Then we went into things like Desert Storm where, you know, no offense, but it was a turkey shoot. Saddam Hussein's army was nothing but thugs and other people. The thugs had forced into the army, so the outcome was inevitable. There was no way they were going to win, but it made it look like the way to really go in the future was to have the sanction and go under the control of the United Nations. Hmm. President Clinton in 1994 ordered American troops to wear a U.N. patch and remove the United States insignia from their uniforms. I could keep going, but I think what you need to understand is... You know, there's got to be this destruction and we've got that that's happening right now from the pulling down of statues of our history. These things have to happen for a new world government to come into power. And we're watching the things come to pass. Let me quickly give you number three, the destruction of Christian faith. You know, in in 1992, when I first preached this, you had a a subversive movement going on, a denial that the Bible was divine revelation. You had the deification of self that you just got to love yourself. And, and, you know, it it was all about you. And then you had, you know, just uh, this thought that it it, it takes a community. There there doesn't need to be any kind of individualism. You know what? That has taken itself to a new level. Faith, especially the Christian faith, is under siege in America and really around this world. It's under siege through the legal system. It's under siege through the media. It's being attacked through the educational system. And I could read through several examples of all kinds of things that deal with that. But y'all just notice a few things that have happened. And I'll give you one just real clear example of this. It's not in the United States except in some places where we don't really hear about exactly what takes place. But a good example is what's happened in Canada where they literally have closed churches because they refused to obey the pandemic requirements and shut down the church. And all the while, the bars are staying open. The big stores are staying open. So many other things. But yet churches are being told to shut down. Y'all, there's something that we really ought to... <laughs> We really ought to recognize that, you know what? Satan wants the church closed. Yes, he, does. he doesn't want worship services like this. No. Oh, well, you can watch it on YouTube or you can watch it on uh, Paint Your Face or whatever you want. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, you can. And they can also shut you off like that. The fourth thing is the destruction of the traditional family. <laughs> you realize what used to be hidden away from society because of the stigma rightfully had with LGBTQ, the homosexual community. And it say, well, you're just being homophobic. You're racist. You know, that's the marching cry of those that are opposed to Christianity. You know what? Nobody loves the sinner more than Jesus Christ. Amen. It doesn't matter if somebody if their sin is homosexuality or if their sin is is adultery or fornication or or stealing or lying. God loves the sinner. But he hates the sin. Because the wages of sin is death. Satan is out to destroy the traditional family. I won't go into everything with it, but back in 1989, some of you, that's more than your old, been alive. But back in 1989, the United Nations General Assembly adopted A human rights pact. It sets the standards for education, health care, social services, penal laws. Establishes the right of the child to have a say in the decisions that affect them. That means your 10-year-old ought to rule you. Uh, I don't think that's exactly what God had in mind when he wrote in Proverbs Uh, you know, train up a child in the way they should go. Amen? Amen? The treaty was ratified by enlightened countries like Iran, Iraq, Libya, Ethiopia, and South Africa. It gives children the right to have expression without restriction, freedom of thought, conscience, and religion, of course, guided by the UN, the right of privacy from their parents. Hmm. Somebody forgot to tell my mother that. Story. I snuck off to go visit this girl and uh, told my mama I was going to a, me and another friend were going to go to this uh, Baptist youth meeting over in the town just right close to us, about like going from here to Monette. Well, we went to that all right, but after I went and picked up the girl I wasn't supposed to pick up, and uh, we walked in one door of that church and walked right back out the other door and We were sitting at a pizza hut, and I thought, man, this is cool, I got away with this until I looked up and saw my mama walk in. (coughs) Yeah, rights of privacy from your parents, I don't think so. The right of mass media intended for their social, moral, and intellectual good, of course, again, guided by the United Nations. Now, there's a principle involved with this. And it would be pretty much akin to this. If a man beats his fiance, what will he do after the wedding? It's just something to think about. Amen? The destruction of the traditional family. Church, we've got to be the light in this world. And I believe that what we're watching with all of the attacks against a mother, a father, children, you know, um, Satan's using everything he possibly can to bring about an agenda to destroy the family. There's way too many examples that I could go through. And you say, Well, Pastor, you just you you know some of this you're just kind of getting political. No, it's Bible. Because you see, everything God says will come to pass. These things do happen, and they happen in our world in real time. That's right. When Jesus was born into the world, there was a young lady that really gave birth. There were shepherds that were you know, watching over sheep out in the pasture and they really came in. And then there were, you know, uh, ruling class wise men that came from probably Iran or from Persia and, and traveled and brought gifts. And all of these things really, really did happen. And there were really bad rulers that murdered a whole lot of people Trying to destroy Jesus Christ before He could ever come into manhood, and when they did kill Him, they thought they defeated God, but they didn't. All the world they did was fulfill what God said was going to happen, and Jesus took upon Himself our sins. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Mm. kind of jotted down some notes for myself that, you know, again, you go back to Matthew 24, when riots, wars, and then you have mass shootings and you have terrorist attack, rise, crescendo. In other words, as they accelerate, and there's language in the original Greek in in Matthew 24 that when you see these things come to pass and and they're, they're, they're happening one right upon another, one right upon another, There's something taking place in the realm of the Spirit. The Antichrist isn't here yet, but it's been the stage. Matter of fact, the stage is set. That's right. And really, I think the stage lights have been turned on. The full actors aren't on stage yet, but they're coming. You know, the Bible says that halfway through what we call the seven-year tribulation, this world dictator we call the Antichrist will set up a mark where no one can buy or sell. In other words, you won't even be able to make a living. You won't be able to do anything without that. And right now, we have a vaccination passport that's being set up and I believe is fully setting the stage for this final mark. Yeah. You can disagree with me if you want to, but you have the right to be wrong.
0: <laughs>
1: Amen. Yeah. We're seeing some things take place, church. And I'm getting ready to close. I love to close. We're seeing the culmination of things in what the media... I call them the prophets of Baal. Our terming is wokeness. Critical race theory. Cancel culture. That most of us scratch our heads and just go, What in the world do you really mean with that? Let me help you. It's not about equality or bringing people together and making things better. Did you hear me? It's a blend of Marxism, Communism, New Age, and cultism to usher in this one world system. What in the world is wokeness? W-O-K-E-N-E-S-S. Let me read this to you. It's a term that refers to the awareness of social justice, in particular race issues. The woke movement actually began in an African-American community and black liberation theology, uh, which really is another name for Marxism. It expanded into other social justice areas. Really, if I just sum this up, and I'm, I'm looking at these notes, but I, let me just sum it up. It's used to explain an awakening to issues of race, gender, and sexual injustice. As far as other people are concerned. Promoters of the wokeism are progressively theological liberal. They, they accept the LGBTQ rights, the environment, racial inequality. And see themselves as social justice warriors. <laughs> church really what the media is calling woke is a religion it actually has its own core doctrines whiteness white privilege microaggression systemic racism have you heard that term bantied around they have been used by their own writers i White privilege in the woke religion is the equivalent of original sin. They have their own saints. Now I could list, I'll give you three. Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, and George Floyd. And anybody who disagrees with them, you're under some kind of mind control. That's the way they look at it. It's all part of critical race theory. What in the world is critical race theory? It just means that, you know, one group, typically the white, is somehow always an oppressor. I don't care who you are, what you've done, what you've never done. You're the oppressor. If your skin's another color, typically black, then you are the oppressed, you are the victim. You've always been the victim, no matter how you've lived, no matter what's happened to you, no matter what goes on in your life. Oh, but you're really a victim. It's just called Marxism. It's called communism. It's called socialism. I call it demonic. That's woke theology. In church, this is what Satan is using. And you, know, you say, Pastor, what's all that got to do with anything? Why should we even go into stuff like this? Church, let me, let me just kind of lay this out for you. It's real simple. We're in the end times. Yes. We're right at the very threshold. And I don't no man knows the day and no man knows the hour. But we should know, like the sons of Issachar, what the, what the times are, what the signs of the times are. And if somebody can't tell that things are a whole lot different than what they used to be even a few years ago, a couple of years ago, even a couple of decades ago or a decade ago or something like that, you're, you're, you're living in a fantasy world because we are. We're living in totally different times. The world shifted and we're beginning to see things escalate and you see things begin to just take place and happen and happen and happen. And we've watched God. Ever since Jesus, over 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was crucified, and now we saw the birth of the church. You saw a powerful move of God in Acts chapter 2 when you read the history of that, which is God's history of it. We know that part's true. And when you read that part, then you've got it where You you watch it as it just begins to grow and escalate and then you've got the the awakenings and the great awakenings and you've got the Reformation and you've got those that begin to understand that it's God's Word. It's it's God's infallible Word. and, And we need that. And we need the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit didn't really pass away. He's still there. And all we've got to do is receive Him and we can walk in the same power and the same anointing and, and God wants to do some powerful things in us. And then all of a sudden in 1948, prophecy shifted and the, a nation that was dead, Ezekiel's bone yard, literally came to pass. And and, and we, we saw a nation literally in real time born in one day. And then every nation around them decided they'd just go kill all of them. And God said, no you're not. And He just kind of Messed things up on and it wasn't that long, and then just a few short years, and then you had where they came against them again. And well, what the devil do on that? Well, he messed up because now they've got the city of Jerusalem, and, and Jerusalem's the capital of Israel all over again, same way it was several thousand years ago. And then it just begins to escalate a little bit more on that, and you've got stuff that begins to happen, and uh, finally, you have one president, the last one before this one that moved the US Embassy into Jerusalem and all in the world that did was just set the set the fire and, and and fan the flames at what the devil wanted to do. But do you notice that stuff is just escalating. It's just moving quicker and quicker and quicker. It was two thousand years before some things begin to happen. And then especially in 1948 you see it happen in Israel. And it triggered some other things and we begin to see things beginning to happen And now you begin to see worldwide where we've got things that are happening. We're seeing times. Well, what in the world? We ought to be like the sons of Israel. What are we supposed to do with these times? We need to be like them and know what you ought to do. And what we ought to do is live more godly. What we ought to do is be a greater witness than we've ever been. Quit being afraid of what somebody's going to think. Well, I don't want to upset them. Well, you know what? They're going to be a whole lot more upset when they That's stand right. before the great throne. That's right. And Wilson didn't tell me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Jamie didn't tell me. Come on. Oh, uh-uh. What should we be doing? We should be working to bring people to Christ yes. far more than ever before. That's right. Well, you said our economy was just liable to crash. What, what, what should I do? Where should I invest my money? How about in the kingdom?
0: Amen. That's
1: right. I'm no financial advisor. If I gave you financial advice, that and $5 to get you coffee at Starbucks. That's
0: right.
1: <laughs> you don't want my financial advice. But the one thing I do know is you can't outgive God. Amen. And if God has to, he'll send ravens to feed you. You know, with, with deli lunch meat. I don't know, God got to take care of it. Yeah, do I think it's wrong to, to be prepared? No, I don't. Some people would think I'm a prepper. you know, I don't have a bunker and I don't have you know, a whole lot of things like that, but I think the greatest preparation we can make is preparation of Jesus, amen. 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 That's right. And y'all I think that's what God's saying to us. Yep. That we prepare. That's what God was doing in this place this morning. By the Spirit of God, God was breaking some chains off of some people. God set some people free. We're prepared. First spiritually. If you want to get you a few cans of food, that sounds great to me. Any other thing that you feel like the Lord says to you, you know, don't go crazy. Don't go bury a bus in your backyard. <laughs> but seriously, how should we live in the times we That's right. Godly, righteous, soberly, watching for the day of the Lord. It'll come on the world like a thief in the middle of the night. Unexpected. But for us, we're expected. <clears throat> We're expecting. Amen. Amen. By your Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you that as we've come before you, Lord, today. Lord, we want to yield ourselves to you. That, Lord, we're, we're prepared for the days and the times that we're living in. And, Father, I just ask that you use... Lord, the knowledge and the wisdom that You do give us over things not to be afraid, but Father, to to prepare our hearts and prepare ourselves. And Lord, more than anything, to be the witness that we need to be. Lord, that we can be surrendered fully unto You. Walking with You. Father, in Jesus' precious name, glory to God. Brother Tommy, if you, and I believe you can get Frank to help you, we're going to receive communion together. I'm going to let you all pass out the elements of communion,
0: if you would.